0: Welcome to the FTF Exchange Podcast. This is Maureen Lowe, founder and president of FTF. In this podcast series, we speak with industry professionals from leading financial and technology firms in capital markets. We will discuss an array of topics from current events to the latest FinTech updates to human interest stories from time to time. Through these discussions, we strive to foster thought leadership and information sharing, and we certainly welcome comments and feedback for future episodes.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the FTF Exchange podcast series. Today, we are speaking with Todd Moyer, uh, President and Chief Operating Officer of Confluence Technologies. Over the past two years, Confluence has been busy expanding. In November of last year, Confluence, backed by Clearlake Capital and TA Associates, acquired Compliance Solutions Strategies, also known as CSS. It's a cloud-based regulatory technology solutions vendor. In addition, Confluence acquired Investment Metrics, a provider of investment data, performance, analytics, and research software solutions. And in 2019, Confluence acquired StatPro Group, a provider of cloud-based portfolio analytics, asset data services, and data management tools. Before we dive into the details, uh, Todd, could you just give us a little bit about yourself? Yeah,
2: sure, Eugene. Um, thank you very much for having me on today. It's uh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, I've been at Confluence for a little over ten years now, and uh, had a variety of roles uh, as we, as a business, have evolved here at, at Confluence. And it's it's been a, a great history uh, as a company. We're a thirty year old company, uh, been in uh, in the market serving uh, the asset management space uh, more broadly. Um, you know, the investment management lifecycle for for quite some time. Uh, Prior to joining Confluence, I I spent uh, about a decade at FIS, previously known as SunGuard, and a variety of uh, management roles uh, within the wealth business. And uh, prior to that, you know, came from uh, uh, the consulting and accounting world. So uh, I've had a a varying uh, background and experience, but uh, really the journey here at Confluence has been extremely exciting and uh, we anticipate that to continue in the coming years. Okay.
1: Uh, So what is the overall strategy for the CSS and investment metrics acquisitions, which happened very quickly, how do these acquisitions demonstrate confluence's response to the new demands of the market?
2: Yeah, well, thank you for that. I mean, we we continue to look at uh, a variety of different factors uh, when looking at our growth model. First is is build. We continue to look at a, an investment uh, and delivering best-of-breed solutions across the investment uh, management lifecycle. And then secondly, we look at, uh, at partnership and acquisition. And, We've been fortunate enough with with the partnership of both uh, TA Associates and, and Clear Lake Capital, uh, which joined us as a, a lead investor here in June of this year. We've really been on on a uh, an, an ability to look inorganically at our business as well, and you know we continue to be inquisitive uh, around uh, market opportunities uh, to expand and, and really. Um, uh continue to expand our reach globally and uh, and also bring in expertise to our markets that, uh, that they're demanding. So a lot of that really comes back to you know the need for for data and data management, greater transparency uh, that is required by both regulators and investors, and then ultimately a demand for uh, best of breed solutions that are um, really flexible and, and adaptable in, in the way that uh, that they're consumed by the market. So those were a lot of the general thesis that we entered into uh, when thinking about uh, about these two acquisitions.
1: Mm-hmm. And then just quickly, why was it necessary to complete these acquisitions in 2021? Is there something special about, about the year and the timing?
2: Yeah, no, nothing specific, Eugene, around the timing. It was just simply the opportunities that were, were present, presented to us in the marketplace. Uh, investment metrics is a, a natural kind of extension uh, on the investment management lifecycle, really adds you know highly complementary market leading reporting analytics and research capabilities extends uh, our reach into the uh, investment uh, institutional investment allocator space uh, there's increased touch points into key uh, confluence and investment uh, metrics customers with Really, um, you know, significant overlap in the asset management customer base and and really deep connections uh, to that asset allocator channel. Really looking to continue to build on the end to end technology that enables really key relationships across our space and and the general asset management uh, landscape. So really, um, it was an opportunity to to pick up what we think is a market leading uh, technology in, in that space. Uh, Similarly with with CSS, you know, really, this was a great opportunity to to bring um, additional capabilities to to bear around uh, the regulatory reporting uh, demands in the marketplace. It really was an extension into what Confluence was already doing. Tremendous amount of of subject matter expertise and, and regional and geographic capabilities to enable those to be coupled with. An already market-leading position that Confluence had um, to support both investor and regulatory reporting uh, across the globe. Uh, today, we sit in over 15 countries, servicing uh, you know over a thousand customers with uh, really a, a subject matter expertise that uh, is unrivaled in the
1: industry. And what have the reactions been among uh, potential clients to the acquisitions?
2: It's been extremely positive. you know I've had the opportunity to personally meet uh, with with many of our our customers and you know really the interest in in being able to do more in, in one spot and being able to leverage uh, the data that they provide to confluence today, uh, the access to, to to high quality talent um, and really just the overall ability to provide very flexible adaptable technology and really reaching deeper into their uh, ability to service the markets and you know when we think about the markets we're referring to you know ultimately the investor themselves you know the ability to provide more value and more content and, and more analytical analysis is really what uh, what Confluence is building within our platform
1: yeah and I have some really quick questions about CSS Sure what is a regulatory book of record and how is it related to data management?
2: Yeah, sure. That's that's a great question. It is really the latest of of a variety of books of records that Confluence has been been dealing with for some time. We've often dealt with the the Ibor and Abor uh, scenarios in terms of of a lot of our reporting solutions. This is just a different way to think about data management. It's a comprehensive, you know, SaaS based regulatory book of record for investment managers. It's it's really a way of looking at how do we we add highly complementary uh, solutions in terms of. Of bringing the the data uh, to the forefront, and, and so you know, Eugene, when you think about you know the challenges in in meeting regulatory demands globally and distributing product around the globe, it's really a data first mentality and making that data um, reusable in a way that uh, enables them to really drive accuracy and focus around how do we use this data, bring this data in once, clean it once, and reuse it across, uh, across their enterprise. And really that's what the Arbor is. It's about being that book of record so that you can accomplish, you know, across the suite of, of products and solutions that we offer in our regulatory uh, set, really that, that focus around uh, a data first mentality.
1: Okay. And then how will those CSS offerings combined with confluences, whereas, how will that combination attract new clients?
2: Interestingly enough, there's, there's not a tremendous amount of overlap in terms of, of both, uh, you know, customers and coverage. You know, a lot of uh, what uh, Confluence was focused on uh, was very complementary to to what CSS was focused on. So, we still do envision really combining you know the best of breed, uh, both individual subject matter experts as well as uh, capabilities into a single offering and enabling uh, really our customers to have more depth and breadth in their ability to to distribute product around the globe. Mm-hmm.
1: And about investment metrics, what is the importance of advancing what is offered for portfolio analytics? Well,
2: it's really about a suite of, of best-of-breed solutions, and and really the importance of of offering kind of advanced analytics. It really enables us to provide you know really that end-to-end technology that really enables, as I was talking about previously, the ability to to provide analytics across the industry, and so. This is really activating a segment of the market that, that Confluence wasn't traditionally focused on. Uh, we have quite a number of, of asset owner clients, insurance companies, and pension funds, but really providing you know, that asset allocator uh, model and, and continuing to drive analytics uh, across the investment lifecycle. That was really uh, the value that we saw. It's an extension and very complementary uh, to what Confluence was already focused on.
1: Okay. And what are the the growth and in integration plans for confluence and investment metrics um, for 2022?
2: Well, it's all about growth. Um, you know we're we're really looking at you know really providing you know not only the organic growth that we've had uh, historically, but it's really bringing the organizations together in a way that you know we've hit the ground running you know relative to integrating the businesses. we we closed those uh, acquisitions uh, at the the end of December. And we're already actively uh, in conversations with the market on ways to to accelerate and continue to grow the joint platforms.
1: Mm-hmm. And then I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the dynamics of the securities markets. First of all, like uh, how will, will the role of data be changing for Confluence and its efforts in 2022?
2: I don't see a significant change. I think the importance for data has been there for decades. It's just more of a focus today to take a holistic uh, a view of the data. Um, To to us, it's around data accuracy uh, that ultimately drives efficiency and scale. And and ultimately, as I discussed earlier, it's about reusability and the ability to um, reuse the data to allow for, you know, better decisioning and and ultimately, you know, better investment uh, allocation. So, you know, it's about quality and accessibility of data, and that will continue to be our focus.
1: And what are your, your top regulatory concerns for 2022?
2: You know, regulations obviously demanding greater transparency and it's being required both by regulators and investors alike. You know, regulations continue to drive the need for for shaping data and analytics, as we've been discussing, and really making decision output, reporting filings and just broad expertise. Uh An area of focus for Confluence and I think for the industry in general is is really ESG. You know, we see ESG being a, a data challenge at the core. And here at Confluence, we're really focused on both the you know, indices uh, through reporting, through global coverage, making it easy to combine ESG metrics and other kind of risk and performance indicators uh, to streamline the integration of, of this into the, the investment and risk management process. And so in Europe and in the EU, uh, we see ESG really um, you know, being one of the top concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, in the U.S., we see the mainstream investors still being a focus it's about data and data transparency still. So whether that's in, you know, the derivative rules that that are kind of upon us, or some of the liquidity, you know, calculations that we're supporting, or if it's just really, um, you know, the SEC back in 2020 looked at uh, a proposal around uh, shareholder reporting reform. Those are examples of things that we continue to keep our eye on as it relates to you know, just really global regulatory issues or concerns. But once again, it comes back to providing greater transparency. That's ultimately what the investor is looking for and the the regulator alike. Mm -hmm.
1: We have this ongoing pandemic. How has it changed uh, systems interoperability?
2: yeah I think it's just been a continued uh, demand for flexibility and, and open architecture. I think uh, where that was um, you know something that uh, we were moving towards as an industry. I think it's become uh, the standard. you know cloud you know based uh, applications where automation scale and efficiency are paramount uh, will continue to be the only way to deliver technology. We see uh, apis playing a key role and you know, key in the building block for defining, you know, that advanced workflow and really creating a a tailored platform and a best of breed uh, approach to your offerings or the offerings in in the space. And then ultimately, you know, one of the other trends we see in this same manner is really just an increase around asset coverage, really a demand for accessibility to private assets, uh, derivatives, and just really a a multi-asset view uh, to the industry. And so, all of those things combined, I think, have been accelerated and continue to be under greater focus um, when thinking about the uh, the pandemic and some of the the changes. And and ultimately, you know, it's going to continue to accelerate the need for for systems to share data and, and support really distributed operating models.
1: And then for your customers. Um... How viable are APIs, open architectures, open source technology and cloud and cloud native technologies? Are they are they pretty much on board for all of that now?
2: Yeah, absolutely. If you'd asked me that question, uh, Eugene, five years ago, the answer uh, would have probably been different. We've seen the evolution of that just uh, with our perspective in the market. You know, we work with over a over thousand customers from the largest bank custodians to, to, to asset managers, to asset owners, to consultants, et cetera. And I think that there had been hesitancy uh, several years ago. Now it is, it's expected. Um, so I think it's gone from a scenario where it is the, the standard and the expectation is that there is that open architecture and that uh, interoperability uh, that you were describing.
1: Mm-hmm. And shifting gears a little bit, Clear Lake uh, Capital Acquired Confluence, uh, it was announced in uh, 2021. Uh, Could we talk a little bit about that? Like uh, what should we expect for 2022 from that acquisition?
2: Yeah, we've got a great growth partner in in Clear Lake Capital. Um, And, you know, Confluence is obviously in a very unique position, you know, based upon the client footprint that I was speaking of to to listen to the market and really look uh, across a broad set of solutions in the investment lifecycle. And so under Clear Lake, you'll continue to see us remain inquisitive. Uh, we think that there are opportunities to expand through additional acquisitions and so we continue to kind of be open-minded towards that but we really have a a real focus on building and investing and delivering best-of-breed solutions across the investment management lifecycle. and so we couldn't be be more pleased uh, with the interaction and the support that we've received from our our partner and um, we're really looking to continue to expand um, our offering, as, as you can see, both through acquisition and through continuing to support and build and grow uh, our existing solutions.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I guess lastly, what would you say to customers who are a little bit nervous about 2022, given that they were hoping that we would all be coming back and there would be a new normal in 2021? Well, that seems to be a little bit delayed. What, what, would you, what would you say to customers that have a little bit of anxiety? Yeah, at Confluence, we've been working
2: in a distributed model for quite some time. Uh, It's been a better part of two years. And even prior to that, the way uh, we are distributed throughout the globe, the ability to support and really deliver best-of-breed solutions to to help our customers uh, really hasn't changed. And and if anything, it's accelerated in the pandemic in that relying on technology and supporting technology and and operations is, is paramount. You know, we continue to really focus on... Taking data, as we described, to be one of the most important uh, focuses in our industry and really turning that into financial intelligence and ultimately delivering that to the global investment management industry, whether that's through better decisioning and insights, whether that is a scorecard uh, through our analytics business. Or ultimately remaining compliant for both regulators and investors and so we sit in a very mission critical position to continue to help uh, our customers and you know in light of you know what looks to be a continued elongation of a remote work environment we will continue to partner with the industry in a unique way to, to deliver uh, deliver that value that I just described
1: great thank you for your time today I really appreciate it thank you.
0: Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the FTF Exchange podcast. If you would like a turn in the hot seat, reach out to us at info at ftfnews.com and let us know what capital markets topics you'd like to discuss. Also, be sure to sign up to receive our email alert so you don't miss out on listening to future episodes. Just visit ftfnews.com and click the sign up link at the top of the page. Thanks again for listening to the FTF Exchange podcast.